0: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank, we are joined by our good buddy, Dusty Dvorachek. We talk a ton of college football with Dusty. We talk about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the Big 12, and we discuss some of the marquee games of the weekend with him. Then we get right to our segments. We give you our winners and losers of the week and wet the beak with the big divisional matchup between the Browns and Steelers. To finish up, we discuss some exciting news for college basketball fans in the state of Oklahoma in keeping it local. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. I'm Mayor Michael Hostey. We'll kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, October 15th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts couldn't be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. Now, recording this on Wednesday night. And what do we talk about? OU and OSU both aren't playing.
1: Uh, baseball,
0: football hell, guys talking about baseball. No, no, <laughs> hell, we're gonna talk about the Thunder coaching search. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, I I was thinking about it, and I was like, who could we have on that can just talk? And I was like, I have the perfect guy for that. Let's we need call a Dusty. <laughs> let's call Dusty and he's on a bye week turns out from some contact tracing issues uh with ESPN so yeah we we've got our guy Dusty Devorecheck on we talk OU OSU you know kind of everything that's happened up to this point in the season in the big 12 and we look at some of the games that are coming up this weekend talk Bama Georgia so a great conversation with our man Devorecheck. but uh, Teddy before we Get to dusty. Have you have you watched the show Yellowstone?
1: i I've, I think I've seen the first two episodes. We, you know, during the quarantine way back in, in the spring, we we're like, okay, let's get into a couple shows. And we watched like the first two episodes and then for whatever reason just didn't continue it. But I liked it.
0: Okay. So weird. tell me it's I, worth it? I didn't know. I, I literally didn't know it existed till like a month ago. Like some people were like, have you watched Yellowstone? I was like, I don't know what that is. What's that? They're like, Kevin Costner. I was like, I love Kevin Costner. They're like, it's on the Paramount channel. I was like, what channel is that? Like what? <laughs> right. And then someone was like, hey, it's on Peacock. I was like, Peacock, what, what are we talking about? And they're like, it's a new NBC streaming thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I, I know what that is. And turns out I have Peacock with the cable with the Cox nice. cable I have. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check out this Yellowstone show. And holy shit, bro. <laughs> oh, I, it is not what I anticipated it being. I, I went in without reading anything. And me. You thought and Costner I, was
1: going to be out there on a horse, roping calves nonstop. I, I, huh?
0: th- I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but me and my wife, we are, dude, we are trapped. In it right now. It's just like we, we'll be in the middle of the day, like, and if she has a break between a meeting, she'll be like, "Hey, you wanna?" And I'm like, "Wanna?" And she's like, uh-huh. "Watch yeah. a little Yellowstone." A little and little- I'm like, "Oh <laughs> hell yeah, let's go!" Does that
1: mean what I think it means? You want to watch Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah, go.
0: babe, you know it. But are you caught up yet? Have you? We we just finished season two, and if season three is better than season two, then uh I because the last couple episodes of season two, I it was one of those where I'm like oh, What? <laughs> like it just like over the top reactions as I'm watching it and it, it was fantastic. Uh,
1: I need to I need to go back and and, and get back into it then. I, I do. God, it's gonna be so hard during football season though.
0: But yeah, maybe not the best time. Maybe Yeah, that's
1: that's an off season deal.
0: You got any uh you got any plans for the bye weekend? going you know, to do anything what sit around the pool drink a little bit
1: possibly a little bit of that uh the weather's supposed to be nice we could get a final pool day in but friday night we are going to frontier city fright night what let's go fright taking night's the little back? boy up there yep we will be up there we will be um wearing masks and i don't know what what is in store i haven't been to fright night at frontier city since the eighth grade so
0: is the silver bullet still it. there you remember the silver bullet like that most herky-jerky roller coaster on ah. planet? it's got to be still there it's classic is
1: that the one that just does the the backflip
0: yeah it's it's literally a silver bullet uh, that, yeah. That's i don't know how to describe it other than that yeah. but hey that'll be that'll be fun it'll be a good um, time we're looking forward to it yeah i think we're just gonna chill you know what i'm gonna do though Drink lots in Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer. There you go. Guys, stop acting like you're too manly and just accept it. Hard seltzers are amazing, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate, maybe at Frontier City. Who knows? It's made in Oklahoma, and it's absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at will and wiley if you're drinking some because of us tag us in your social media posts to let them know but yeah i it it feels weird having a bye week right now or is that just me no i mean
1: you feel like we're just starting to get into the action right just starting to get going into the season um i mean i guess it's going to be nice but I I feel like the football team number one needs to be out there playing, but that's a,
0: so you you have this emotion. If you're Oklahoma, right, you have this emotional win, this four overtime thriller. You, you've got you know you got a lot to work on, but you've got all the positivity. You beat your rival, all these things, and then you're off. Like it, that's one of those games. Like when you beat you, you always wanted to play a game after that one, even though you know you can be have your bumps and bruises from playing Texas, but you want to carry that momentum into another week of practice. But I guess carrying that momentum into the bye is a good thing too, right? It's certainly way better than losing. We talk about that a lot. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing, and we heard one of the players say this, um, maybe it's Tyrese Robinson, that he felt like he wasn't in shape. And that was kind of the difference – and he feels like he's starting to get it back. I shouldn't attribute that to him because I'm not exactly – it was one of the offensive linemen. And, you know, when you hear a player say that, I mean, that's kind of an indictment on the players not being ready, you know. And Mm -hmm. part of that is the crazy year that we've had. Part of that is the way training camp went and guys were missing extended time. So, there is a built-in excuse there. But, you know, as long as you handle the bye week, Properly, and it's not a vacation by week where let's get the guys off their feet and take it easy and practice because I still think they need to work that conditioning. Because I think uh, teams have outscored Oklahoma in the fourth quarter 41 to 10 this season.
0: Not so good, Teddy. Not Iowa good. Iowa
1: State, Kansas State, Texas. Um, we did not score, I don't think, in the fourth quarter against Missouri State. So and that's for a different reason, but we have not been a good fourth quarter team. And I think that comes down to being calloused and being conditioned. So as long as this is a productive bye week and not a rest week, then, you know, it can be it can be good and it can be productive.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's hope the Sooners make the most of it. All right. We got to get to Dusty's interview because in a shocking development, it went long. I mean, who saw that coming? <laughs> and uh, This interview is brought to you by Insurica. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing, accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A. Dot com. All right, here's Dusty Dvorak. It is our pleasure to be joined by our good buddy, Dusty Dvorak. You can catch him on ESPN on Saturdays. You can catch him weekdays on the Monsters of the Midday on the Sports Animal. And, of course, you can see his beautiful face on TV on News 9. You're you you're a TV star now, man. I see you all the time.
2: Stop it. I am not I'm, not. I'm just sweating. Terrible. Dry I, oh,
0: sometimes
2: right. uh, so you saw that did you that was I, um,
0: I, everyone saw it it was hey, it was a meme for an entire afternoon I was like I know that guy here, I know here's those the,
2: armpits here's the deal though <laughs> this is the way I look at it like I think for other people maybe they're like oh that's so embarrassing I've been the sweaty guy since I've been like 10 okay <laughs> like my brother and I talk talking about this after the game when I was in high school I would always travel with two shirts because I was going to put out the first one quick. And, and my big thing is, I know this is crazy, but I liked girls at a young age. So it's like, you don't really want to be the sweaty, pit it out guy, especially at high school, because you scare girls. So it's like, I learned a long time ago, this is, I've tried different deodorants. I've tried everything you could find under the sun. Damn it. I just sweat. And if you don't embrace it, you know it's going to drive you crazy. So yes, have you uh, uh, go ahead? Ha,
0: have you? I, I've heard about sweaty guys doing this before. Have you ever considered Botox in your armpits? It's I've heard of some guy, I, I've heard it works for some
2: guys. My wife is an injector, and um, she's asked me. She's like, "What do you think? I hear that. I hear that uh, this could work." And I, I'm not there yet because here's the thing like i said to you I, I don't i'm kind of over it now like what's the point again, now? <laughs> you live with it at this point i'm almost 40 i mean i'm almost a man okay i mean i'm getting close uh so at, at some point you just kind of gotta let it go but yes for those those that were wondering even in early october in gainesville florida it is the swamp for a reason <laughs> it's not just because it's where the gators roam it's also because there's quite a bit of moisture in the air and if you're a guy like myself with a coat on, yeah, you know, it could get a little bit sweaty. Here's the problem though, Gabe. I'm like, I see this great, I see this great spin move. And I watched the guy, Britton Cox, he puts the ice pick right in the lower back. And that's like the main part of the spin. You know, like most people are like, they get so wowed by the spin. The whole part that makes it work is when you ice pick that lower back and you kind of thrust yourself through to the quarterback. And as you would know, Gabe, you kind of force that offensive lineman forward. And I thought, wow, What a great chance for a demonstration. Fat guys don't always get to teach defensive line or offensive line play. So I hit my producer. I'm like, yo, let me get this demonstration. He's like, let's go for it. I knew I was hot and sweaty. Had I known that I had completely sweat, not just through the armpits, but the back was covered, right? Had I known that, I probably wouldn't have hit him with an ice pick spin so you could see the full back. So knew I was sweaty did not recognize did not realize the magnitude of the sweat volume but i thought you know what if Ball Store sports wants to bust my balls whatever go ahead i love for the, the brand advertising. baby hey, hey, for the a blood. lot of That's times
1: right. whenever you're you're getting hot and you can feel the sweat coming on and you start thinking about the sweat coming <laughs> oh, on it makes it, it so just much makes worse it all worse man you can feel yeah. every little pore the water
2: just seeping out <laughs> ted's ted we've known each other almost twenty years now, like we're almost we're right actually we have known each other twenty years in December when Ted took me on my recruiting visit um and you so you I've been sweating i mean I, when we're working together, like when we used to do a radio show together and we'd sit next to each other, Ted, tell them like down to the, I mean, down to the rib cage. I mean, it's like, a, it just is what it is. You know? I think it, you should get happens. like, uh, uh,
1: so, uh, you know, after you get the sweat rings going, you just need to have someone hose you down. That way you can't see the sweat rings. You just, you've got the whole shirt, the same color.
2: And, and my last, last point on this, uh, and then we could talk about real things instead of my moisture, um, that's why I love the fall and the winter so much, man, because you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> hey, it takes care of some of these issues with some of the heat and some of the sweating. So we're almost through October. We're midway through, and football is getting in full swing. So not only is that great for all those reasons, but also for guys like myself, we, we dial it back on the, uh, the perspiration a little yeah. bit.
1: Hey, we're getting close to November, guys. Opening day, Pac-12, right? Just what you, uh, what you always think of when you get to November. That's
2: Uh, –
0: I I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, Now, Dusty, wanted you to join us because OU, OSU, both on a bye. Now, OU a bye. OSU's game postponed and just kind of wanted to, you know, take stock of where those programs are at, uh, where the Big 12 is at right now, and then kind of look at some of the big games that are coming up this weekend. So, let's start with Oklahoma and – a win against Texas is always a good thing, always. But it should have never gotten to four overtimes. You know, looking at that game and then looking at these first four for Oklahoma in general, just kind of what's your overall view of that football team right now?
2: Uh, I, I, to me, I'll just start at what I just saw, and we can work our way back. Um, the biggest takeaway I have is it's a young team that's developing leadership, And I thought that they really learned how to finish a football game and you have to kind of go through some trials and tribulations as a young football team to get to that point. Um, I hope that they all recognized that the, the work that went in to get to Saturday is the reason that they were able to find a way to win because they, they worked their butt off during the week, right? They had a physical week of practice, their mentality changed. And I think that those are small nuances, but they're so key and so important. So I think that's my biggest takeaway of the Texas game, uh, just the – I saw growth, I saw some maturity, and I saw a team that played their butts off. I hadn't seen that. And they played with a level of physicality at the line of scrimmage that I knew they were capable of, but I hadn't seen consistently. Uh, that was the, the biggest thing is that I thought the – I mean, I'll just say it. I thought that the offensive line play the first couple of games in Big 12 play, it lacked consistency, and especially to me it lacked – the physicality that I've just grown accustomed to watching, even going back to when I think were you in Bill's first class, Gabe? Yeah, I was. Yeah, that so, was
0: my senior year.
2: that's yeah, so what I thought. So even going back to then, you guys didn't have as much talent, but man, I just I know what Bill's about. He's the best I've ever been around. I've said that a million times, and it's not just you know to say it; it's the truth. And so when I didn't see that, when I watched the tape, when I watched the All Twenty Two, and I watched the tight copy. And I watch some of the the softness, I'm like, this isn't that's not the that's not who they are. The identity of this team is smash mouth, right? It's you see
0: I I I saw and Teddy and I have talked about it before, but I saw a lot of position blocking. You know, like on the right guys getting in the way, but not the movement. Yeah, not finishing. you saw yeah, more I of that against Texas. Texas.
1: I think about those guys like Barry and, Breck and Hager in the, in the <laughs> oh, Big God, championship that, like over and over, and over and over. That's what we're used to with, it is. with these offensive lines so, is brutal, like 15-yard penalty type stuff.
2: So it's a high bar that you guys have set, Gabe. It's a high bar that Coach Beatenbo set. And for whatever reason, I don't know, lack of practice, that room's been hit hard. Uh, whatever it's been, lack of being able to get after it in practice. I don't know. I haven't been there, but there was something, and they 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 were able to remedy that. So that's the first thing for me. That's what I saw the first couple of games. We all know that the tackling wasn't very good. What's crazy is there was a lot of good stuff on the Oklahoma defensive tape. Uh, I think Brian osamoa has been playing really well this year, and I. But I didn't see consistency. I saw a a defense that was missing tackles. I saw a defense that was a little bit out of position, and you know, you got to give Iowa State and you got to give Kansas State credit. They took advantage of that. And then what I also saw was I saw a, a young quarterback who was not his fault that they lost the first two games, but he made mistakes in crucial spots. And yeah. I go back to this Texas game. And, and, by the way, I haven't even mentioned special teams, which is we could just say that alone cost them those first two games and then how much better it was and maybe that won them the game against Texas. It's funny. It's the small little things that cost you those first two is how you won against Texas. That's why it felt to me, we know this team is talented. They've got enough talent to run the rest of the Big 12. and it's, it's why they're still the favorite to win the Big 12 championship. I mean, if you go look at Bavada, they're plus 145. Iowa State second at plus 325. And Oklahoma State's third at plus 350, right? I There's loved, a reason.
1: I, I saw before they played the Texas game, they're 0-2 in the Big 12. Uh, obviously, 1-2. And I was watching the they on ESPN, they had the odds to win the national championship scrolling across the bottom line. And even though they had two losses and Oklahoma state was undefeated, their odds were the exact same. Right. I was like, that's hilarious.
2: But it's, but it's kind of just because, I mean, you know that this team has recruited very well. They've got good players. They're extremely well coached. And, and for me, they just, they needed to figure out how to dig down, how to maybe work a little bit harder than what they've done, leading up to prior to Texas. And I just hope that they, they – that was a building block. That's what it has to be, right? Because this is still going to be a young team at spots. As long as they continue to grow, they continue um, to do the small things throughout the week of practice and then again on Saturday, I think it will be huge. And my last thing just on uh, – for, for, for Oklahoma and the biggest takeaway, like the throw to Stogner – like I, I, there was a couple of throws in particular. I'm sure you broke them down. The third and 10 to Theo Wees on the out route to timing – I mean, the placement of that football, that's big league stuff, right? And I, and, and then there was another third and eight after that, a little stick around, I think. They, he throws it in the trash. Uh, it was tight coverage. He hits the O again. The throw to Stogner, and then obviously the throw to Drake Stoops. All those second-half throws, um, they obviously showed you what Spencer Rattler is capable of, but the way he handled being benched in that moment. I thought it was the right move at the time watching it. I don't know what you guys said on the broadcast, but I did think that Lincoln needed – to settle him down a little bit. And you can go one of two ways with that. You're a five-star quarterback. We've, we've, we've probably all seen that with the, the QB one, how's he going to respond? Everybody doesn't respond to being coached and being sat down well. I thought he showed maturity. I thought he showed leadership. And he came out, and he was smart with the football. He was much more judicial with where he was going to go with it. And then when push came to shove late and they needed him to let it rip, he let it rip. That's what I – I just – it was so good to see that from him as compared to the first two games where in crunch time he made a couple of mistakes. He tried to do a little too much. That's not what he did against Texas. He, he, he was smart with the football. He made the plays at the very end when he absolutely had to. But I didn't think the Stogner pass, maybe he forced it. But for the most part, I thought he just ran the offense, took what the defense gave him. And to me, not only is that huge for his growth – But for those players to see him come back from that, lead the way, and also for Lincoln to be able to sit down his quarterback, his guy, to me that sends a message to the whole team. Do it the right way or I'm going to find somebody that will. You're going to come sit over here by me. So just the way that whole dynamic played out, it could have been a bad situation. But to me it might have been a defining moment in the season and the growth of this young football team and that quarterback.
1: And I I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said, and that's the good stuff looking at the football game. But there is some bad stuff. There was. Um, You got to enjoy the win. Obviously, anytime you win OU Texas, it's a big deal. But this football team has a turnover problem. And, you know, Rattler, I thought, was better when he came in, but he still fumbled the ball towards the end of regulation. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, also you have to kind of look at it lot of positives in the running game but but how good is texas so i think I, their I run defense
0: that. stinks
1: it's it's horrible man it's horrible um it wasn't against were, utep <laughs> right right <laughs> but I, I mean i guess my, my question is we've enjoyed the win we see some things to build on but is this is this honestly something where we feel like they've turned a corner or was that just a terrible Texas team?
2: I've, no, I don't think it's a terrible Texas team. I think that there's a lot of these Big 12 teams this year are close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the way the defensive line played, Perrion Winfrey, Josh Ellison, yeah. hey now. Isaiah they're, Thomas. They're star- Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito. I like the way they spied him. I like David Aguabre running around at the second level back. That's a big athletic dude. So, like, those things, I think that's real. I don't think the right side of Texas offensive line is great. Uh, And I thought Oklahoma took advantage of that some. But I I, I just – I'm seeing – and I've seen it from every game on the defensive line. They were better against Iowa State than Kansas State. And I thought they were even much better against Texas. So, I I think that that is something you can really grow and build off of. Woody Washington, he needs to play a lot. He's an upgrade. And the fact that he moved from safety to corner in a week and was able to go out there – I mean, even whenever he was given cushion, the way he was coming up and tackling in open space, not to mention whenever it was tight, the coverage he was able to get, I was really impressed with him. So I, I do think those aspects uh, are real. Um, the offensive line, I believe, because I watched them last year do it, right? And I, I'll also uh, mention at some point, I believe it's after TC, you're getting Ramondre Stevenson back. He's going to help the running game too. And they're He's going to give another body. They're, and getting they're Chris getting, Murray. They're getting Murray, the UCLA transfer. He's going to help. I think he's going to play some guard for him. He's going to help on the interior uh, for the offensive line. So I I do think that that running game, I expect them to build upon that. Won't be easy against TCU. That's a really good defense with especially good linebacker and safety play. Uh, But I do think, Ted, that those are areas. It was not perfect. And anyone that tries to say it was is full of it. But you do have to give a little respect. I think quite a bit of respect to Sam Ellinger and the plays he was able to make down the stretch. He really was. And Oklahoma got a little tired. They got out of the rush lanes. Sam Ellinger is able to take advantage of that. And sometimes you do have to tip your cap. I mean, he's, he's been a really good player for them for quite some time. So, uh, and, and I do think that this team is capable of playing better special teams than what they played the first two games, which we saw that as well. So, uh, look, I don't think, to me, that's why it's a building block, Ted. And, and I think you would agree. Uh, there's still flaws. This is far from a perfect team. But I do think some of the things we saw in the Texas game, some of the things you even saw in the Kansas State-Iowa State games, uh, I think that as long as they can continue each week to grow, to build, be more consistent, I've seen seen, uh, enough good that I do think this team can be a team that just gets better and better and better throughout the season.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we'd heard Grinch talk about it this week, right? He said if they start doing some of the good things they're doing uh, for longer periods of time, people might just start actually calling them good, which I thought was a, I mean, thought was a great quote. And I, I, I'm encouraged about the defense. I, I like seeing some more of that youth in the back end. I thought Woody Washington, like you said, was spectacular. Saw some good things from the Eaton kid. But I, I just don't know what, what's going on with the Perkins thing. That, that's where I'm confused because he's still the best player on the football team, and uh, I know Lincoln called it a saga and it's like is he coming back? is he not like what is what is going on
2: i i mean <laughs> uh, i got i got I got no comment for you on that. The way it was told to me uh last week is um It's a long story. So I don't, I don't know, Gabe, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I, have a pretty good idea of what the situation is, but I'm, uh, I'm not really open to share. I don't care to share on this podcast and I, I don't know exactly when or if he's going to be back and I don't know if the coaches know that right now. So I think a lot of us can, can put a couple of things together. And I would say clearly throughout this process, Whenever he was coming back, because what's wild is the NCAA approved his appeal. He has just been waiting on the ability to be cleared. Now, what all goes into being cleared? Uh, you can you can think about that however you would like. But he has not been cleared yet. So, I would say it's safe to say that Mr. Perkins hasn't probably done the things he needs to do to help ensure that he gets back on the field. So, clearly, if or when he gets back, he is going to help them immensely. Which, again, I'm not making excuses for this team. They don't need to make excuses. But, I think as, as much as I praise the defensive line, imagine if Jalen Redmond and Ronnie Perkins were oh on this team. Oh my gosh. Run. You know, I mean, that, that 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 helps everybody, right? So, obviously Jalen Redmond opted out and we'll wait and see exactly uh, what the situation unfolds for Ronnie Perkins. But, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's unfortunate. I, I, I know that it sure felt like probably yeah, what, 10 you, days ago that he might be playing in Ames. Right. And now it, it would be a nice for them exactly to have their best player. I, I think um, I would imagine uh, Calvin Thibodeau. I would imagine Brian Odom, Alex Grinch, Roy Manning. I'd imagine all those guys would love to have him out there. But
1: I think I, at I this just, point they're probably uh, not expecting him back, and if they get him, it would be a bonus. I think is a is a way to put it. I mean, the it's no secret the the rumors are all out there, all over the place about uh, another drug test, and you know I would just say that I wouldn't expect him back. Definitely Pla- not before TCU. <laughs> Plan for the worst. <laughs> Plan for the
0: worst. Happen. Hope for the best.
2: Uh, right? Yeah. I think that's all you can do at this point. But um, you know, and I, I, I we'll. That's why guys have to step up, though, right? I mean, that's why, that's why you talk about depth. I mean, to me, if I'm in that defensive line room, I've got the exact opposite mentality of us three. I'm like, shoot, I got a chance? I get an opportunity to go out there and make a name for myself? I mean, if I'm, if I'm stripling, I mean, if I'm any of those guys that you know, are, are playing that position – I mean, I'm, I'm licking my chops, man. Isaiah Thomas, to me, is making the, has been making the most out of this opportunity. Right. No doubt. And good for him. I mean, look at the way he's played the last two games. He's been, you could argue, as good a player on the defensive side as they had. I think he might have been against Texas. I don't care what the stat sheet said. That guy was so disruptive. Consistent, he, yep. He changed what they wanted to do quite often, even like one of the Benito sacks. That was because Isaiah Thomas came clean and forced Sam Ellinger to step up. Benito was kind of spying and got an easy sack, goes down as a be sack. He did his job, but the whole play was set up by Isaiah Thomas. So, I mean, look, they'd be better off if they could have him, but at the same time, this is a great opportunity for other guys, and they just need to make the most of it, step up, until uh, potentially he does come back.
0: Yeah, I – just looking – you know, one more OU thing. Just looking toward the rest of the season, right, Uh, we talked about Rattler and the whole situation there against Texas do you guys think that that's going to be a moment right Where kind of that growing moment for him and now and now we see all that talent kind of combined with a little more poise maybe even a little more confidence after he was able to kind of get through that rough patch or are we still going to see this kid make the mistakes he's been making you know it which it, it happens this is his first year's a starter in college football I understand that but It it did seem like, especially in those overtimes, you saw some flashers. You're like, "Damn, if this kid, if he can take care of the football, uh, this is going to be a really, really good offense." Especially if the offensive line continues to come along.
1: I think you're still going to see him. I I mean, (laughs) as as a freshman, I mean, because whenever you think about the interceptions, like you look at the Texas game. Uh, it's just it, That was an experience issue. Like he didn't know the guy was going to pop out of there, and he threw it right to him. That's not a that's not an arm talent issue. That's it's really not even a decision making issue. It's the fact that he just didn't expect him to be there. I think that's an experience deal. The loose with a football in the pocket. I mean, that's not a switch that you just flip overnight. That's working through spring, working through training camp. So, I think – I mean, I think it's going to get better as the season goes on, but I don't think that that was a moment where all of a sudden you can, uh, you know, just turn the flood of, of turnovers off. They're still going to happen. Hopefully, as you play more games, they trickle off. But, man, I, I'd still expect them. I
2: That's think there's going to be – I think there's going to be some. This is why – I mean, I, I think I talked to you guys about this. It's why I thought that this was a year that other teams would have a chance to win the Big 12. It's because I thought, especially early in the season – we would see this with Spencer Rattler. They're completely different players, completely. But this is the growing pain Spencer Sanders went through last year. Uh, and if you look, he really had a turnover issues. And it was the TCU game uh, that they really worked with him and talked with him about ball security and you know, um, you know, really being doing the best job you can to take care of the football. And he only played a game and a half after that, but he was much better. Um, I agree with Teddy. There's going to be some that, like, he never saw that guy drop. He didn't see zero. Um, that's just, you know, eyes and understanding situation, what to anticipate. A lot of that stuff is learned throughout the course of the season. I do think, though, the more game action he plays, the more things that Lincoln's able to get up there and look at on tape correct with them. the more he experiences and sees those. I would think over time you're going to see – continue to see maturation. I think the biggest thing is, is that it's – certain moments in the game too right like to me that's what when you go back to Kansas State really Iowa State like you have to know when you're going to take that shot down the field uh, what's you know exactly what's at stake risk reward and I think that Ted's right in that some stuff he's not going to be able to clean up but I do hope situationally understanding especially late in games how important possessing the football valuing that possession is I do think that's an area he can improve on we saw it in Texas and look uh, and I know that, that, that TCU, that, you know, they didn't, that they didn't have it look great this year, but that's a capable team that can beat Oklahoma, and that's a defense under Gary Patterson that you best believe is going to do everything they can to disguise, confuse, and create, you know, a distorted picture for that young quarterback. But time will tell to answer your question, Gabe. I mean, I, I do think that we'll see. What did he have in the first three Big 12 games? He had a grand total of seven turnovers in, in three games. Is that right? It was three against K-State. One against Iowa State, and then three against K State. Is that right? I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Somewhere there.
1: Yes. That sounds so
2: right. He's, he's averaging got, over.
1: He's got five interceptions. He had the fumble against Texas.
2: And was there not a fumble against Iowa State or against Kansas State? Uh,
1: I know I... McGowan fumbled. We had the interception
2: okay. late. Then, then, no, was just it was uh, he. He had three picks against Kansas State, didn't he? Look at us. I don't even have it pulled we, up.
0: We sound like idiots.
2: I, hope you I, can. I know he had the you one have an to, edit button. He, hope you no, have an no, no. Button.
0: It's all staying in. We he had the one to end the game. He had the one in the beginning of the game, the tip pass. And he had the one oh yeah, and he had the under throw on yeah. the go ball.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Three. So he had three against K State. He had one against Iowa State. And then he just had what he had two turnovers in the first half against Texas. So he's had a grand total of six. I would say I think he averages less than two turnovers a game to close out Big 12 play. If that's where he's been to this point, I'll say I'm taking the under. I think it'll be better than what we've seen on average uh, than it's been the first three. All right,
0: Dusty, now Oklahoma State not playing this week. That game gets postponed because Baylor's having COVID issues. Now, you look at it, they're up to number seven in the AP poll. They're going to get Iowa State in their next game. They're on the 24th. Uh, I assume Spencer Sanders should be coming back off the ankle. Chuba Hubbard's starting to look a little bit more like himself. Been really impressed with what I've seen from LD Brown. That offensive line playing better probably than we thought they would, especially when that those two guys, those two starters, went down for him. But the defense is what everyone seems to really be excited about, and they have impressed me, especially I've. I've been more impressed with the interior of their defensive line. I thought that was going to be the weakness of that unit, but guys like Cam Murray, like, they, they've been good. They've been good. They're getting pressure off the edge from Trace Ford. They're solid at linebacker. They got experience in the secondary. They tackle well. Like, I, I, is Oklahoma State, I guess the best way to ask it, is Oklahoma State the team to beat in the Big 12 in your mind?
2: Uh, I mean, I think they're one of them. You know, again, I I think that them Iowa State. I think with Skylar Thompson going down, Kansas State to me isn't in that conversation. Uh, no disrespect to them. I respect the heck out of Chris Kleiman. Uh, I just don't think I don't know if they can navigate without him. And I would I would think Oklahoma is still in that conversation as well. Um, I don't I don't know if I would bury Texas yet, but I don't know they, to me. Some weird.
0: They, they, got, they also got some weird stuff. The Eyes of Texas stuff now, like they, politics getting into it.
2: I don't, I that, don't know.
0: I don't like I, the I, energy I, around that team right now.
2: So, so, yeah, I mean, I do. I think that Oklahoma State's one of the teams to beat. I mean, I, I liked them a lot coming into the year. Uh, it, as much as it might surprise some people, I picked them to win the Big 12 before the year started, primarily because of the experience they had coming back on defense. And I thought this year – more than ever, with no spring ball, a weird fall camp, you know, experienced guys that have played in the same scheme for – this is the third year under Jim Knowles. I, and those guys have played a lot of football. They understand what he wants. I thought that would be very valuable. I also thought when you go back to last year, the last six games, Oklahoma State defensively kind of got better, 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 better. And I, I do think Trace Ford was a guy coming to the year when I, I did their game I thought as a true freshman, he sewed some twitch off the edge. And then you got Calvin Bundage back. That was kind of like an added bonus. You lost him last year. So you've got two legit edge rushers that can really stress offensive tackles. And I think what you said is exactly right. They tackle very well. Like, obviously, Malcolm Rodriguez isn't going to win an athletic contest, but the guy knows where to be, and he tackles, right? Uh, It's that wrestler mentality. Eamon Ogbong Amiga. Uh, you know, to me, he is a little bit more athletic. He is really good in his blitz game. Uh, I, I do like that front seven. and I love the, the back end. I think the safeties are the strength of the defense. So they just had experience. And are they going to keep playing at this level? Like I think right now they lead the country in third down defense, at least going into last weekend. They were like seven overall uh, in total D and maybe eight in scoring. you somewhere in there. They were top 10 in all the major categories. I don't know if they can live up to that billing. But I do think this is legitimate, one of the better defenses in the Big 12. Uh, just how good will they be once they face the better offenses? I can't wait to find out. The real question to me is, is what Spencer Sanders going to look like, man? Because he got one series so far. One series. And it was a 17-play drive. They go down. They have to settle for a field goal. But they drive it, I believe, inside the 10. He gets hurt on that series when he gets a high ankle sprain. And – you know, I, 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 I saw a couple of nice throws from him, but it's so little. To me, if he is healthy when he comes back, he gives a dimension that's going to help the running game because I just think that that really freezes the backside defense. A lot of stuff they run front side, So I think that's not only – that's going to help the running attack, and he gives a different dimension as a runner. Um, he's still got a lot to prove as a thrower, right? I mean, there's no – he has to go out there and show he can make throws down the field, especially when the game is on the line. Uh, personally, I think that he will be better taking care of the football, but we don't know. So really the only way to know if Oklahoma state is a legitimate contender, it's what, what we see from Spencer Sanders, once he gets out there and really his first game that he's going to play is against that Iowa state defense, not an opportune situation. Um, but at least I would think that even with the Baylor game having been pushed, It's going to give him time to get fully healthy so he can really do what he's best and capable of and stress that defense both with his arm and with his leg. Because what you said is right. The running game's starting to get going. The offensive line's improved. Tylen Wallace's knee looks fine to me. He's starting to do what Tylen Wallace does. If Spencer Sanders, you know, if he is an improved quarterback, yeah, I think Oklahoma State's going to be a legitimate threat to win the Big 12 this year.
1: Here's what I think. I think Iowa State's about to go beat them whenever they play. Uh, I think the fact that Sanders hasn't played and they've been idle for as long as they have is not a good thing. I think it's a bad thing. And here's what I think is interesting. I wouldn't trade Brock Purdy for Spencer Sanders, at least not this year, not right now, not where this season sits. I I wouldn't trade Brees Hall for Chuba Hubbard. Agreed. I don't know that I would trade Charlie Kolar for Tyler uh, Tyler Wallace. That would be the one that I, I might. I wouldn't trade Jaquan Bailey for Ford. I wouldn't trade Vance or Rose for Malcolm Rodriguez, and I wouldn't trade Eyesworth for Harvey Peel. That's what I think is amazing about Iowa State right now. The personnel that they've got on that field is as good as anyone in the Big 12. Now, they got no depth after that. (laughs) They got no depth after that. But those guys are about as good as you're going to see in the conference, man.
2: I would give – I agree on Brock Purdy. I disagree. I think you're selling Chuba Hubbard short. Um, I like Brees Hall a lot. I, I did two of his games last year, and I was all over him before the year started. I watched him as a true freshman. I, I, the kid is good. Because, to me, you got to factor in L.D. Brown. They got one. They got two home run hitters. Um, I, I think Oklahoma State's offensive line's is better uh, than Iowa State's. I don't think Iowa State's offensive line that good. I think they're just okay. Uh, I think, really, these running backs have broken a lot of tackles. Nwongwu, he had a big run against TCU as well. The like RB
1: line off the ball, I mean, I know that was a week ago, but they were mushing
2: us. I just – I, they may get better and better. I could tell you maybe like a lot of things, I, they were not very good early in the season. So I, you, could, you could feel that way. I would take – I agree with Brock Purdy. Aside from that, I'm not going to say that I think a tight end is better – than Charlie Kolar, and I love the three tight end sets Iowa State. I'm an Iowa State fan. I mean, I think they're great. I just – I do think you're selling Oklahoma State a little short, but I wouldn't expect anything else from you, Ted. (laughs) So, to hear you come on here and praise Oklahoma State, I would probably have to take my headset off and figure out what in the hell is going on and wrong with you because you would have to be ill. Because I I, I do think this, though, you would agree – you do not often see them you look more at their weaknesses as opposed to looking at their strengths, right? Is that fair? Because I mean, I don't I, know. Oklahoma I think State. I have with them a as the second best right now. With a backup quarterback to be sitting where they're at. I mean, think about it. a true freshman, a true freshman I know it's Kansas. West Virginia ain't no punk. Okay. Tulsa, I think Tulsa may beat Cincinnati this week. I don't want to overplay what they are. I'm just saying Ooh, we'll talk about that one. It that could have been catastrophic um, losing a, your quarterback, the opening series of the season. And for them to navigate, find their way here. I think you got to give them a lot of credit. What's no, I, their I, do. I, got them as,
1: I got them as the second best I got right now. I have Iowa state as um, the, the team that I have, like that's right there at the top. And that's who I think that Oklahoma eventually plays in the big 12 championship. But the problem with Iowa State is they've had opportunities to get over the hump in the past, and they cannot win a big game. I know they beat Oklahoma um, in our place and then beat them this year up there in Ames, but they've had opportunities where it's like, okay, here's Iowa State. They got a chance, and they throw a dud out there. So there is that factor too. But I think those are the two, the two teams right now that Oklahoma's chasing. But I would, I would just edge Iowa State a little bit higher because they've got history with that defense. Oklahoma State does not.
2: Vegas agrees with you, and I think that's completely fair. I think that you have to give Iowa State the credit. They, their resume's better in Big 12 play. It's interesting, though, but, and I know it doesn't count Big 12 play, but, I mean, they did lose to Louisiana, who I'm watching on TV right now, which it is the 21-ranked Louisiana Raging Cajuns, but it's, it's crazy to think that we're fighting this hard about who's the best team in the Big Twelve, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they lost their opener at home by double digits to the Louisiana. No disrespect to Billy Napier, but that that does kind of sum up 2020. And where Oklahoma
0: are. State's best win is over Tulsa.
2: <laughs> I, I, there you go. Uh, you're, like, which again might be a real have They should have lost. I I totally agree. I, I think I think
0: we're all out. Even though they're still undefeated in conference play, even though their defense. Is playing really well, but with Skylar Thompson going down, like you mentioned, Dusty. I think we're all out on Kansas State. Right. I I, I think Will Josh, Howard can hey, go, I think what Will about Howard Joshua
2: can, Youngblood. What about Joshua Youngblood? Yeah, uh,
0: transferring just saying, you know, well, he had he hadn't played any snaps on offense. And I I talked to him on, on Sirius earlier this year before the season. We interviewed him, and he was like he was telling us how excited he was about being able to get more touches on the offense and not just being a special teams guy. And they haven't put him out there. So I think he just said, you know, forget this. I'm out, which I, I don't know, but I thought that was weird. Definitely weird. But Will Howard, I, it's just tough. He's, he's going to have some serious freshman moments. And, and when you look at their schedule, the defenses, the Kansas state still has left. They still got to play West Virginia in that D line. They still got to play Oklahoma State. They still got to play Iowa State. They still got to play Dave Aranda, and whatever he's gonna throw him, throw at him with Baylor. So I, I just don't see it for K State. I don't.
2: Their defense is fun to watch.
0: No doubt. Wyatt,
2: Wyatt Huber. Oh man, I could watch that to play all day. And is it McPherson thirty-one? The best
0: player in the Big Twelve now.
2: Ooh, man. That guy, he, he's the best tackler I've seen in the Big 12 yet. He, does he miss tackles? Uh, you should have
0: heard me and Teddy on the broadcast <laughs> oh, talking about him.
2: Gosh, it was, like he was, it was like he was playing
0: for OU the way we were talking about it. We were like, I, I this said,
2: guy's amazing. <laughs> he doesn't miss a tackle in the hole, and that whole, that hit he put on Seth McGowan. I couldn't even be mad at the freshman. I mean, that's about as picturesque as it gets. I was thinking to myself after that game, I was thinking, after I watched the tape, I was like, man – could you imagine if this guy played at Oklahoma and it was a safety for them?
1: I mean, I, I it's it's been a while. Now, Baylor's two safeties last year were fantastic. Yeah. But we haven't seen safeties like – I mean, he won the game for Kansas State. I mean, he was incredible. He, he won the game for them. So, uh, we, we haven't seen players like dominate a game defensively like that in a long time. So, I, it was – unfortunately – Fun to watch against Oklahoma, but the way he plays football is – it's its great. It really t- is. Yeah,
2: I love t- it. Hey, last thing on the Big 12, unless you got something else, Gabe, but I just want to know no. because it's next week and I, w- I won't get a chance to be on with you guys unless you call me back. Um, what's the line going to be in Stillwater then, Ted? You got Iowa State favored by 10 or is it 14? <laughs> uh,
1: Well, I-, I mean, I think Oklahoma State would cover the 14 after Iowa State <laughs> pulls their starters in the in the fourth quarter. Love I it. mean, I think it's going to be a tight game in like probably every Big 12 game this year it's going to come down to the last possession.
2: You're right. And and that is you'd have to give an edge to uh, Iowa State. Brock Purdy uh is a, a, a what's been up with him by the way? He's finally rounded a shape. He played better against Tech. Yeah, but it was Tech. Next, though, I know I, I mean he threw all he four did against the I balls. ball was
1: throw it up to Charlie Kolar. It didn't matter if there was two or three guys on him. he's just throwing it up the, to, to Kolar.
2: The best pass of the game might have been from Sainer, the tight end, tight in and tight end. <laughs> well hit chase Allen.
0: But yeah, he hasn't looked the part of you know the first round hype he was getting coming into the year. He just he's
2: capable of it though, but he hasn't yeah. played to that level uh, yet. Which, which to Ted's point. Maybe, maybe the best way to put it is um, at their ceiling. Maybe they are the best. Uh, but, again, I don't even know what the ceiling of Oklahoma State is. That's why I can't wait to see Spencer Sanders. Um, and i also say this on Oklahoma State. This week is so important because it's going to be 21 days in between games from when they last played, okay, when they last took the field against Kansas. It will be 21 days before they play Iowa State. Neither of us in a season have ever waited anywhere near that long in between games. It's a bowl so game,
1: but you didn't know who you were preparing for, you know, because they were working on Baylor for most of the time, I'm okay. sure. So,
2: uh, Yeah, up until up until probably yesterday. So I just think that this week in particular for Oklahoma State, it's got to be physical. It's got to be hitting. They were tackling well. They were, they, were, they were playing well at the line of scrimmage. You can't lose that. And the only way to keep that up instead of, you know, getting rust and going back is to do it in practice. I would have to imagine Gundy's going to have a scrimmage Friday or Saturday to try to duplicate, replicate a game week because the last thing you can have happen against an Iowa State team as good as they are is be rusty and taking step backs, especially at the line of scrimmage against them.
1: And that's one of the problems for Iowa State is they really don't know what to expect out of this offense yet, you know, because – it's not going to be the same with Sanders as it is as it has been with Shane Illyworth. I mean, it's just they're two different players. So you kind of have to be guessing a little bit as to what you're going to get. They saw that first drive, but God, the rest, I mean, you're, there's going to be some differences. All
0: right, boys, let's take a look at some of the marquee games this weekend in college football. Clearly, Dusty, with your role with ESPN, you've always got your eyes on the biggest games of the week. And we're not getting LSU. Uh, Florida, because got postponed. Uh, the Gators got the Rona. I guess Dan Dude. Mullen, they they won't get the swamp packed like he wanted, Bro, and he walked that back.
2: Life, uh, my producer on my show, I'm not going to steal his line, but shout-out to Matt Ravis, my great producer on the Sports Animal. Um, so yesterday on the show, I was playing – I played the clip of Mullen kind of whining after the game in College days when they lost, and he was like distraught. And – he was, saying, he was basically trying to throw A&M on the bus for having too many fans, right? And then immediately, like right after the game, we want 90,000 in the swamp. Our governor said we can't. Let's get them there. And it was like, whoa, that's aggressive. So then you think, oh, he'll probably walk it back on Monday. Hell no, he didn't walk it back. Not only did he not walk it back, he started patting himself on the back, man. He's talking about how great a job they've done with their protocols. I mean, he's championing them. That's cool and all. And then he's like, yeah, you know, 90,000 governor says it. let's go let's get this thing going and it's kind of like okay and it's and so then as i'm playing this audio it pops up florida five positive tests that was at like 130 and my producer says man life comes at you fast so not only was it that five by two hours later it was 19 and it was coaches players and i'm not i'm not making fun of them at all not not at all because this thing is, I mean, it's tough, man. It's an M effort, straight up. I mean, and with the contact trace, with the positive test, and all the different things that are going on, and once you start playing, when you let your guard down just a little bit and it can creep in, I just think it's a constant reminder for everybody to don't be so quick to point your finger and start to scold a Baylor or start to say, we've got this thing whipped. Because I swear, it feels like the minute you do, it's going to bite you in the ass. So uh, as it did Dan Mullen and Florida, I just thought that that timeline that Monday he's screaming, we're the model citizens for how you keep COVID out to saying, let's get 90,000 48 hours later, they aren't even having a damn game. So just it's almost
1: like someone who, that was handling the test said, oh, you think you got this thing <laughs> figured out, huh? Let's put a little drop of COVID in, in some oh, of these Oh,
2: conspiracy uh, theory, Ted, is back. <laughs> a drop of COVID. That's it. Now, uh, a
0: game that the clearly most important game of the weekend, and now we know that Saban's got the Rona. Speaking so,
2: of we'll, coronavirus. We'll see.
0: <laughs> we'll see how this goes, but number three, Georgia, going to Tuscaloosa to take on number two, Bama. And Georgia's defense looks unbelievably – or unbelievable, uh, undoubtedly the best in the country at this point with what they've done so far. But Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, uh, the Mechie kid, they're all coming, and they're going to put up points. And I I just don't know, is Stetson Bennett going to be able to make enough plays at quarterback and Karis Jackson and, and George Pickens, the, they're dudes now out wide for Georgia, but it, there's going to be a lot of passing in this game. But a big part of me is like, is this just going to be a classic Bama Georgia game where it comes down to who can run the damn ball? And if, if that's the case, I, I like Bama. I also like Bama because they're at home and they beat Georgia five times in a row, but the Saban having Rona factor. We'll see what happens with that, but I can't wait for this football game, guys. This is going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I've i seen a decent amount of Georgia. I haven't watched all their games, but I love watching that defense play, man. They've got some guys on the edge. They've got backers. They've got safeties. Uh, they come at you in waves, and Stetson, We love him because he's been efficient for him. What's he got like five touchdowns, no interceptions, he's been pretty clean for them for the most part. He hasn't had to do a whole lot, which has been the good thing, but he may find himself in a shootout against Alabama and may have to get risky with the football a little bit. That's a dangerous, dangerous spot. So uh, Alabama, I know they kind of got rocked by Ole Miss there defensively, a little bit of shell shock going on. And some people are going to learn some things about how to attack them. But I still like Alabama, man. I do. I think that there's just – the offense is the difference for me. Defensively, not looking good coming off that Ole Miss game, but they're going to regroup because Georgia's not not going to be anything like like what we saw from Ole Miss. That's that old Baylor offense, you know, ripping it up and down the field. It's going to be a little bit slower-paced, conservative with in there, and I think they'll play a lot better.
2: I, um, I can't wait for this game, dude. Like, I mean, you know, this is good on good, dude. This is what we wait for. Like, I, I hate that Nick Saban's not going to be there because I don't know, you know, I'm not sure sh- what's his role on a game day. You know, he's obviously going to be able to have his fingerprints on game plan, in-game adjustments he's notorious for, in-game situ- situation situational football, um, just all the aspects that, that come with Nick Saban you just feel it's kind of like Belichick, right? You just feel he's going to make the right decisions at the right moments. He's not there. I, I, don't, I don't know. So I don't, it's hard for me to get a grasp or a feel for what that impact's going to be. So I'm going to act as if it's not one for this conversation.
1: They went from a six and a half point favorite to down to four like
2: instantly. So well, also think about this is he the only one? That's, are there that's my
0: question. Like if your yeah. head coach has coaches? it.
2: are there other coaches? Are there other players? Are, is this going to be something that there's going, we're going to find out on Saturday that 15 Alabama players are out? I, you know, and we're not going to probably know that. They're going to keep that as under wraps as anybody. So I just – I don't know the level that this goes, but I'm just going to pretend as if – obviously Saban's gone, but everybody else is there, right? I mean, this is the best offense in college football against the best defense in college football. Get your popcorn ready. And I even say that understanding what they have in Clemson. And I respect the heck out of Travis Etienne, out of Trevor Lawrence, but I don't care. This Alabama offense, I mean, they got three first-round picks at receiver, probably got a first-round pick at running bat. If not, he's an early two. Uh, Mac Jones, to me, all I see is good stuff from him. I mean, even last year, when you go back and watch him, he yeah. had the two pick sixes against Auburn. But aside from that, the dude's been nails. And, I mean, he, he's got – he throws uh, with accuracy, anticipation. I mean, and he's just got better players outside, so it's like he trusts him. Oh, yeah, their offensive line is really good, too. So it's like, I mean, good luck trying to stop this offense. But on the flip side, uh, what what I love about Georgia is their length. They are so long on the edge. They are so long at corner. um, And they are physical as heck. I want to say against Tennessee, like that score wasn't even indicative of it. The rushing yards, I think, was 232 to negative one at one point. Just think about that, okay? That Georgia
0: defense, like, that Tennessee O-line has pro players on it. Like, maybe a couple first-round picks. Yes. Like, possibly the first guard off the board, and they just beat their ass. Destroyed.
2: Destroyed. It was shocking. Uh, I was watching that, and I was like, oh, wow. They really are that good. Uh, So, that's going to be just – having said all that, as much as I'm a defensive guy and you are too, Ted, like – a good game, a really good game, would be holding them to 28. So the question to me, like, I expect Georgia's going to play pretty good defense. But pretty good defense, you give up 30, and you're like, we played pretty damn good, right? The question is, as much as we're going to be enamored with that, the difference in this game is the other side. Ted kind of touched on it. And I would hate to be Stetson Bennett this week because this will be the toughest week of practice that Alabama's had defensively, maybe ever. Okay, Nick Saban, which I hated what he said after the game. That was a load of crap, in my opinion, to try to blame uh, (laughs) sign stealing. You got your ass whipped. Own up to it. I mean, he's too good of a coach for that. He's he's too well respected to go that route. I mean, what's funny is and by the way, big shout out to my boy, Jeff Levy, getting things done at Ole Miss, man. This dude's just rolling right now. Former Oklahoma Sooner and just a damn good dude. Uh, I talked to him two weeks ago before they played Kentucky, and he told me, he said, we're going to put 40 on them, and I'll be darned they put 41 and won the game by a point. Um, and what's interesting is he's calling all the plays. Lane's given him full uh, the full ability to do that. He is the one that came up with this two quarterback in the game system. They're being creative, imaginative, and he told me that day, and I think, I think Lane even kind of said it, they're not worried about what you're in. That that offense, they don't worry about what your look is. Because they just want to, they want to snap the ball before they can even get a look at what you're in. They don't care. Because they feel that within that offense, they've got a counter to whatever you want to do. That there's things built in, that they have an option and outlet. And once while the play progresses, they get their quarterback to read it out, they feel good about whatever you're in. So the whole, the whole aspect of Sign stealing was crazy. I know I'm getting off on a tangent. But all I'm trying to say is – You on a tangent? No. That's not – that's not what Georgia's going to do. Okay? That's not who Georgia is. They may try to throw in some up-tempo every now and again after a first down. But that's not what they're going to major in. If you watch that game, Bama wasn't lined up. Bama was tired as hell. Bama's cleats weren't in the ground. So when you're you're trying to play catch-up the entire time, It's tough. They're going to be able to get lined up. They're going to be able to play a much more traditional offense that suits their eye. And as I mentioned, this week of practice is going to be a living hell. They are going to get after it. Dylan Moses ain't going out like that. I like the Bama defense much more than I like the Georgia offense. I'll call the other side a wash. I think that the Alabama defense, who was embarrassed last week, they'll be the reason Alabama wins this game by at least a touchdown on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Um, I I
2: can't wait for that game.
0: It's going to be I I really hope that I hope it doesn't that, get canceled. Yeah, I hope it doesn't get canceled. Uh, hope none of the, you know, big contributors for either team miss that game. That that would suck if that you know, if there was a coronavirus effect. I mean, there's already do Saban, So don't do it, Rona. Come on, man. Don't But do it. uh we got a couple of good group of 5 games and we got a Friday nighter between number 14 BYU and Houston now Dana and his boys they've only played one game and they're pretty sloppy early in it but hey the Clayton Toon kid is back at QB Marquez Stevenson last time I checked still very fast out there at wide receiver for him but they got a problem because BYU guys I think BYU just might be pretty darn good Uh, I know they didn't look great in their last outing but I love watching the Zach Wilson kid play quarterback and their run game, all the zone concepts, those big Mormons they got up front. like grown fun man. to watch. Literally. The, the Algier man. kid run it. Like, they get downhill. I, I got no idea what's going to happen in this football game, but Friday night, prime time, I'm going to be so drunk watching this game. I can't wait, baby.
2: Let's go. What's the number? What's the number on this game? You got a number for me? I can find it for you real quick. Five and BYU. a half. Yep. That seems low to me. I think I think BYU is just going to be too physical at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, I think
1: I think the game last week scared some people with BYU, but I totally agree. Houston. I mean, they've just been in la la land, spinning their wheels for however many weeks. I think Wilson's going to have a huge game. He's completing like eighty some percent of his passes. He's been clean with the football, but I, I think what BYU doesn't get enough credit for is their running game. Man, their running game is. I
0: tight. love watching. I mean, hey, you talk about traditional zone stuff. That's my shit. Oh, boys. that gets Gabe going. That gets right me there. going. And a little cut on the backside. Oh, stretch it on the front. Let's, let's stretch it. Let's cut it off. Let's run somewhere in between. Let's stick our toe in the rat, in the ground. Let's get downhill. It, dude. It. They're a good team, and I. I just don't. We don't know much about Houston. Right, they've played one damn game. They've had the hardest brought the hardest time out of anyone in the country just playing them football games. So, I, I really have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I could see BYU winning by three touchdowns, but I could also see Houston winning by like two touchdowns. I got no clue what's going to happen. How
1: miserable it'd be to practice football for ten weeks and
2: play one game. <laughs> just oh, sounds like hell practice. on earth. Awful. That's just a terrible scenario. I, I don't. You're right. It could go either way. I like I like BYU in this game. Oh, I don't. Too. I just I just think it's a line of scrimmage. You're not giving their defense enough credit either. Their defensive yeah. line. So I did Navy Tulane several weeks back. It was like uh, it was maybe my first game of the year, and they it was after they played this BYU team. Watching that tape, it's not a very good Navy team this year, anyway. And they hadn't even they had made no contact prior to that game with those. BYU players did to those midshipmen. It was criminal. I mean, it was an absolute. <laughs> Literally, it's a, it's a war crime. I think the criminal
1: part is what was, the Navy coaching staff did to their players, uh, uh, setting them up for failure. I don't I know guess, if that came
2: from above or or what was going on there, but that was that was a disaster. It, it was it was sending uh, soldiers uh, into a a fight with a knife. It was a it was a gunfight, and they sent them with a knife. So. Um, anyway, I
0: just fight with some 30-year-old Mormons.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I just – I watch that, and I've continued to watch this BYU team. I, I think they're for real. What, they're going to probably like win him. every game on their schedule this year too, by the way.
0: I'll, I'll say this. That offense, and what they're doing scheme-wise, they are, for me, one of the most aesthetically pleasing offenses to watch in all of college football. I, I, I really enjoy – watching them play. So I'm, I'm pumped up to have that on a Friday night, kind of a showcase game. Yeah. There's not going to be anything else. Oh, that's going to be awesome.
2: I'm with you.
0: Okay, well, what I did want to talk about, because it just seems like an interesting scenario for both teams. You've got number 11, Texas a m coming off the big win against Florida, right? But they're going to Starkville to play Leach and Mississippi State this weekend now seems like a big letdown game for A&M <laughs> right but Leach and Mississippi State coming off the absolute embarrassing performance against Kentucky I still can't believe 24 to 2 was the final score for some reason I find that so hilarious but doesn't this feel like a classic Leach game and I feel for the Mississippi State fan through getting the full Mike Leach experience just in a couple of weeks but They've looked in net on offense, but this seems like a perfect scenario where Mike Leach
2: wins this game and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that, seems, that seems about right for Leach. I would love to see Mike Leach win this game. I just don't know. Does his quarterback know which team he plays for? Because it's looked like the last two weeks. He's playing for the other team like he thinks he's throwing to the defense. K.J. Costello, (laughs) boys, has eight interceptions in the last two football games. Oh, in the
1: last two games, you're right. The last two.
2: (laughs) I'm not going to count the SEC record-setting day he got against LSU when my man Coach Leach was literally on the bandwagon saying, come on, like they're posting videos after they won and i i just i'm worried about kj costello to be completely honest so
1: you can tell watching that i watched a, a decent chunk of that lsu game and i was like i mean if if he's going to be able to throw it up to these guys in man to man then he's going to be fine but this dude has some issues man he is not the quarterback and, Leach is used to and no. this
0: uh this game uh, i i may be thinking too much into it but these teams have the exact same color scheme, and they're both Adidas. They're going to be wearing the same jerseys. Uh-oh. Costello's going to have Uh-oh. seventeen interceptions. I <laughs> hey, thought he so, was. I thought uh, what?
2: <laughs> did you see? Did you, any of you guys happen to look at the stat sheet on that Kentucky Mississippi State game? Did you see the rushing? Uh, K- Kentucky won the game twenty-four to two, with a hundred, I believe, seventy-two total yards. It they didn't do anything. Hilarious. Mississippi State's defense has played well, even against Arkansas. Arkansas didn't do a whole lot offensively. But they turned the damn ball over four times, and they took one a pick six the other way. So it's like, I mean, Mississippi State's actually got a really good defense this year. Yeah,
1: the quarterback for Kentucky was 8 of 20. Terry Wilson, yeah. Yeah, and then they 32 rushes for only 84 <laughs> yards. So yep, what was the total yardage? uh total yardage was i think it was
0: 178 if i remember correctly 78 57 okay Okay. we gave him way too much credit
1: 73 passing yards 84 rushing yards there you go sorry
2: it wasn't even 173 157 not only that and they got their ass kicked mississippi state
1: turned it over (laughs) six times i know that's what i'm saying
2: that's how they lost 24 to 2 so gabe i don't know like Texas A&M, I've been pointing to this year forever, not forever, but since Jimbo Fisher got the job, I thought year three—that's the year. Especially when you looked at the schedule for the Aggies, is yeah. And then it changed year. on them. Yeah. So I thought this was the year. Then I watched them against Vanderbilt, slop it around, barely beat them. Then I watched them get destroyed in Tuscaloosa, and I thought, huh, guess I was wrong. Another another Aggie letdown, which they're used to it. Um, but then you watched last week. That's the best game I've seen Kellen Mond play. Agreed. Is that the, the Kellen Mond we're going to get consistently in this game or through the rest of the SEC play? Because here's what's crazy. And Isaiah Spiller's a beast now. They lost their the receiver Chapman, who's a really good player. That's going to hurt. But I love the Wiedemeyer, the tight end's really good. And their offensive line's got some physicality. My question about a and or if you look at a and the schedule sets up really well. The tough, the tough part of their schedule, they just passed it. They split one and one against Bama in Florida. So if that team, if that quarterback in particular, Kellen Mond, is the guy that this offense gets the rest of the year, they're going to be dangerous to, to make a little run. And I do think they'll win in Starkville. But if the guy that we've seen throughout the course of his career who's been inconsistent, if he shows up, I would say that Texas A&M is capable of losing several games on their schedule. So it, it's interesting. It typically does, but it comes back to quarterback play this is the year that everybody's been waiting for, for Kellen Mond. If he can deliver the way he did on Saturday, Texas a and is an intriguing team the Western way.
0: One more game, boys, I wanted to talk about, and it's because it's got a little local flavor, and that is Cincinnati going to Tulsa to take on the Golden Hurricane. It's, and it, something interesting about it, it's Cincinnati's first road game. So it's their first road trip going through all the bullshit, coronavirus protocols, doing the weird thing when it comes to traveling. So I think that is an interesting part of this game. Also, we'll see what Zach Smith can get done against the Cincinnati team that has some really good players on the defense. You talk about a physical football team. I mean, this team will absolutely hit you. And Cincinnati is playing the run really, really well when you look at them defensively so I I just wonder can Tulsa do it because they played Oklahoma State close and we all made fun of Oklahoma State like hey uh, why why are you guys playing like this you're not nearly as good as we thought you were going to be and then Tulsa goes to the bounce house and beats the hell out of UCF in a game that UCF probably should have won but still Tulsa got it done so you got Desmond Ritter at quarterback for Cincinnati, experienced guy coming in, but if you remember this matchup last year like if Tulsa just would have taken care of the ball, they probably win that game. So I I am intrigued by this game. I I don't know if I believe in Tulsa that much, but I'm expecting this to be a close football game because Tulsa's shown us some stuff these last couple boys. I mean, you got to give them some credit.
2: I'll be I like rooting. Tulsa. Go ahead, Ted.
1: No, I like Tulsa. I, I, think, uh, I think Zach Smith's been okay. He's not going to blow you away or anything. Game manager. Game manager. But their defense has been pretty solid, man. They've done, they've done some pretty good things. So, I, I don't love it. But the way they're playing right now, I think you got to give them credit. Cincinnati, I think, is probably the better football team. But Tulsa, I feel like – got some confidence right now from, from the way that they've been playing. And I know Cincinnati's the favorite on the road, but I think Tulsa pulls it off. And you're right, Gabe, it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, close football game, field goal game, but I, I think Tulsa's going to edge him out.
2: There's a reason the number is three, okay? And the number eight team in the country is playing it unranked. It's because I think Tulsa might win this football game. I agree with Teddy. I had Cincinnati against Army in their second game. And there's a lot to like with Cincinnati. They got dudes on defense, uh, all three levels. They got playmakers on the defensive line. They got a quality backer. Uh, That's probably the weak link. They got a couple of really nice safeties, and they get after it. Luke Fickle is good. Uh, Their O-line is experienced. I don't want to say they're great, but they're solid running back by committee. But I'm gonna tell you, man, Desmond Ritter, I don't know. I, you know, if if I'm Tulsa, I'm making him beat me. Like I right. I am yeah. Yeah, I am because he he scatter shoots the football times, man. The ball don't always come out of his hand and goes where he intends it to. That's problematic. I I am forcing that guy to beat me. And here's the thing the best defensive player in the state of Oklahoma to this point Ain't at Oklahoma. It ain't Oklahoma State. His name, say his name, it's Zayvon Collins, man. The guy is a flipping stud. He had, I thought it, I mean, and I, I remember going back to his freshman year, at a hominy, Ted, eight man football, his kid played. Oklahoma State didn't offer him. Dad played at Oklahoma State. Actually, from what I've been told, Oops. wasn't very happy about that. Oklahoma didn't offer him. No one knew about him. He was a player as a freshman. It's just okay last year. He's got seven and a half TFLs in two games. He had three sacks, four TFLs against Oklahoma State. He followed that up with a three and a half TFL and a pick in game number two against UCF. No one's been able to block him. He's been incredible. So he's the heartbeat of that defense. They played really well to this point. They held UCF at times in check, which is tough to do. That's a legit offense. Uh, and then even for them to overcome, remember Shamari Brooks, their best running back. They kind of had two-headed monster, Taylor and him at running back, but he gets hurt the week of Oklahoma State, tears his ACL, and they've been able to fill in and find guys to step in and get it done. So I think it's a low-scoring game, a lot of defense, but if that thing's over a field goal, I would not be afraid to put my my money on the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And I, I, I think that there's a chance that – uh, there's an upset brewing at Skelly stadium on Saturday. It's going to be a fun game to watch.
0: I I hope it's a good one. Uh, I really do. Come on, Tulsa represent. Let's go boys. All right. Just, Let's face hey, man. It,
2: that's good for the big 12. I hate I to agree. say it. Yeah. Right, Drew. I, 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 you know, uh, style points. They are what they are. Yeah. I've I'm, not, I'm over here cheering Carolina my ass places.
0: off for Louisiana.
2: <laughs> I know it's like coastal Carolina keeps scoring points on Louisiana and all Louisiana did was go in and put them things on Iowa state who we all agree. has got a chance to win the big 12. So it's been a, a wild start to the college football season to say the least.
0: Well, Dusty, it is, it is always a pleasure. Good sir. Uh, before you get out of here, you got anything to plug, anything coming up, anything exciting?
2: I mean, this week. Oh, Ted, you know, I'm not anywhere this week. I would think so. I'm in quarantine. Uh, the Disney HR fine folks have taken me off the road. Um, I've had 14 days of contact tracing. Um, I found out a week ago. I found out uh, a week ago tomorrow that a guy. Both your faces are priceless. I hope we can. I needed to like, take a picture. Your mouth is a <laughs> gate, Gabe. Close it. No,
0: I refuse. I, <laughs> it so will our,
2: remain a gate. Okay, so I, I worked a game. I don't want to say who tested positive. Uh, but I worked a game in Gainesville when I was sweaty, dusty. Sweaty, dusty. Worked a game with a guy who tested positive that next week on Wednesday. And, I, you know, I guess everyone has their protocols. They go to him, talk to him. We sat next to each other on an airplane with masks on. And we were, uh, we were at a table together with masks on but for more than the time. So that was told to HR and myself and two other people were put in contact tracing and they take it just like in college football teams. We have essentially a very similar protocol to all the teams at, at Disney and they take it very seriously. And so even though I've tested negative, I've had multiple tests done since Do you have had to no test sin. every day. I don't because they don't care regardless if I test, they're going to make uh, the, the wait pol- Yeah, the days. policy
0: is the policy. I got you. Correct.
2: So well, that sucks. There, there was a chance that I was supposed to uh, – was. we were going to do this week um, Memphis UCF on ABC at 2.30, and uh, there was a chance I was going to get to do it because that Saturday would have been 14 days, travel day of the game, but then I can't test before because mm. they only want me to test after the 14. So I had to miss my game last week. They brought somebody in last minute. Same guy is going to fill in for me this week. And then I'm back on the 24th and I just got my game today. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell, I can, I can break it on you guys. I'll just say this. I will be back on the road in big 12 country on the 24th uh, of October, uh, in a highly anticipated game, uh, somewhere right around the, um, the capital of Texas. So uh, I, <laughs> I,
0: was, I was about to pull up the big 12 schedule to try to figure it out. And I was like, uh, Oh, okay. He made it easy.
2: But then I guess the question is, is that game going to happen? Because is Baylor going to be back and that's uh, true. Fully ready to go. So, but uh, yeah, so it's been a wild couple of weeks. That's why I'm kind of to the point where like, I, I mean, it's just people want to get frustrated or get mad or get upset. And this thing is, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate, right? This doesn't affect my job, fortunately. I don't get to go do what I love and be out there and continue to work and get better with my crew. But uh, all things considered, uh, you know, I'm healthy, I'm good. It's not going to affect anything in that regard. Whereas You're not this, a
1: homebody, though, man. I know you're I'm probably not, going crazy.
2: I'm a little bit stir-crazy, Tad. It's crazy. You, you go on a 17-game season and you're gone three, four days a week, and you're like, man, it's been a grind. I'm ready for it to be over. And then it gets – once you are missed it, you're jonesing for it, and then you have it back and have it taken away. I'm, um, I'm a fish out of water, to say the least, right now in college football, not being able to be in a college football stadium on Saturday. But I will sit back, relax, and enjoy some good football all weekend long for sure.
0: Well, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. But, hey, as always, buddy, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us.
2: Good stuff, man. All, all right, boys. Talk to you soon.
0: Always good catching up with our man, Dvorak. Uh Ted, let's get right to it. Uh, we tweeted out, give us your boldest prediction for this weekend in college football. And we've got Boomer Holick calling his shot.
1: So, huh. oh, and his shot. One second. Moby underscore dick underscore.
0: Moby, he's still around, but uh, just a reminder, Call Your Shot is brought to you by Rock and Roll Tequila. Rock and Roll Tequila is the ultra premium tequila that hits all the right notes. It's won all kinds of awards for superior taste and smooth finish. To find a store that has it, visit rockandrolltequila.com or check out their Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This stuff is good. If you don't want to take my word for it, maybe you'll listen to this guy.
2: This is Coach Bob Stoops. When you're a college football coach, it's important to have an eye for talent. The same holds true when choosing your tequila. When I tried rock and roll, I liked it so much, I decided to become a partner in this Oklahoma-owned company. Crafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, the smooth taste of rock and roll's triple distilled platinum, our añejo, called Cristalino, and the incredible premium quality mango tequila are awesome. Our defiantly unique guitar-shaped bottles make it easy to find, and you'll love the ultra-premium quality and taste. No excuses. Make rock and roll your game-day tequila. Tastefully rebellious? Start the party with rock and roll.
0: All right, Ted. I almost forgot the ad read. That would have been bad. So um, (laughs) don't worry. Caught myself. But Boomerholic, at Boomerholic on Twitter. Okay. He's got two predictions, and I want you to pick the one that is – in your mind, more likely. Boomerholic says, a and has huge letdown and struggles with air raid hell and fall back to mediocrity after their first significant win since Manziel beat Bama. Speaking of Bama, Saban takes his first L to an assistant while not even being at stadium. Smart, don't get the satisfaction of post-game shit talk. First of all, I love you, Boomerholic. That is Those tremendous. So... What do you think is more likely, a and losing to Mississippi State or Bama losing to Georgia without Saban?
1: Bama losing to Georgia is more likely, but I'm going to roll with the best call your shot with Texas A&M failing miserably after their first nice victory. Uh, you know, <laughs> KJ Costello is not a good quarterback at Mississippi State, and he's got some serious problems. But, big but, this is like the most Mike Leach thing ever. Win a big game, lose two in a row, because he needs like a he needs like a moment with his team to where they see the teeth come out for Mike Leach because as crazy as he, guy, as he is, as quirky as he is, as fun as he is to follow, he is absolutely brutal on his players and on his teams. And I know they've been getting the business for the last couple of weeks. So this is one of those games where whenever you least expect it, they show up. So I'm, I'm hoping that Mississippi State goes in there and reminds all those A&M fans who love to, you know, poke that chest out there and talk about what a great program they are. Just quick little reminder.
0: I'll, I'll say this. If KJ Costello throws another five interceptions, he may end up in a shed. That's all oh, I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm
1: saying. I'm shocked that he's still playing him. I mean,
0: oh man, I thought. I mean, how do you – he went to Stanford? He's supposed to be a smart guy. Smart guys know that you don't oof. throw it to the other team, right?
1: I'm telling you that I when I watched that LSU game, I was thinking, oh boy, they they got some problems with this guy.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I'm very intrigued by that football game. All right, Ted, let's move on to our segments. Let's start with our winners and losers of the week. And Teddy's winners and losers are brought to you by Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. They're licensed and trained experts, combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that, too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you'll get a free fat burner injection. Teddy, who's your winner of the week? Easy, short and sweet. It's Nick Saban. It's Nick
2: Saban. What?
1: Now here's the thing. Explain. Obviously- Obviously, he's got the COVID, right? He's got the Corona He's got the Rona. He's got Rona's the Rona. has got him. So, here's how this breaks down. If they win, the thought coming out of the game is, oh, my God, Nick Saban has such a tight program that he can have the virus miss uh, be wired into his coach's headsets or call him at halftime whatever whatever it is that he's gonna do and they can still go out and be number three Georgia. God that Nick Saban is good. Best if ever. they lose God think of how important Nick said all those players, all those coaches there, and they still can't win a big game without him. God, he deserves – he's the highest-paid coach in college football, and he deserves every single penny. Win or lose, Nick Saban's going to be a winner coming out of this thing.
0: That's a good point.
1: You're right. Personally, now, if they lose, uh, he's going to be pissed, and you know who knows what happens the rest of the season. Actually, I think everyone needs to be pulling, in my opinion, for Alabama here. Because if Georgia beats Alabama, I got news for you. They're going to play again in the SEC championship, and Alabama's going to win. You're going to have two teams in the college football playoff from the Correct.
0: SEC. Correct. I've been thinking about that for a while. and Because Florida got the loss, right? So that makes the yep. East a little interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want Bama to win that game. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? <sighs> I
1: know I just said that I'm pulling for him to win the game against Texas A&M there at home in Starfield, but Mike Leach is the loser right now. You know, whenever he was at Washington State, and even Texas Tech to a lesser degree, he could could beat a big team and it would make the entire season. Uh, You could lose to Eastern Washington out there at Washington State. No one really cared. But now in SEC country, whenever you lose some games that you're not supposed to, you lose to an Arkansas, uh, you look terrible against a Kentucky, people start calling for your head really quickly, and Feinbaum was already all over the guy, so you know he's always been at these outposts. He's out in Lubbock, out in the middle of nowhere. He's out in Pullman, Washington, middle of nowhere. You win a couple big games a year, everyone's happy, um, as long as you have a, a couple of big moments, but... In the SEC, it just means more, Gabe, apparently, so I've been told. And you lose a couple of stinkers, people are going to let you know about it and start telling everyone you're a terrible coach. So that's why I think right now Leach is a loser. But you could fix that, the win over Texas A&M.
0: We'll see. Yeah, I I wonder – it'd be interesting to hear Leach talk about that, like if he feels – more criticism it, it if he feels more pressure now he may not i don't I don't know if that guy actually has feelings guy's an absolute <laughs> weirdo he's a, <laughs> he just is he's but total weirdo it's yeah that that feels like a big game for him they at least have to put yeah, up some points yeah. like you're supposed to be the air raid wizard you gotta right. score like don't, if you're entertaining like you said it right if you're not gonna be good be entertaining. <laughs> Right. If they're gonna lose games. They they better lose them in entertaining fashion.
1: Well, and and that's the thing. Like you go lose a bad game at Washington State, all you gotta do is go make like uh, a post game speech about your fat little girlfriends and all this stuff, and and everyone's just like, oh God, man, don't you love that leech? And I know they lost the game, but man, he's so funny. It's different down there in the SEC, man. It, there's it's, people there's are not no gonna. Doubt. They're not going to just, you know, let it pass because there was a funny post-game moment whenever he's calling his players out. Yeah.
0: All right. My winners and losers are brought to you by Sound Advice. A lot of us are watching our favorite football teams from home this year, which is why you need to get ready for game day with a home theater system from our friends at Sound Advice. Sound Advice can customize your home entertainment system, indoors or outdoors. Sound Advice did the Wi-Fi network and all the audio visual at my new house, and it is awesome. They hide all the wires and the cable boxes so it looks great and I can control every TV in my house from my phone. My internet has been flawless. For the best home theater systems in the Oklahoma City area, call Sound Advice at 405-549-3880 or visit soundadviceokc.com. Teddy, my winner of the week, college football players. And it's not because they're getting to play games. And Now some have been postponed. It's not that, but... So much is going on with Corona and all this stuff that quietly the NCAA has made some massive decisions when it comes to college football players. So the NCAA pro- approved a proposal for a one time transfer rule that should go into effect August 1st, 2021, so you can transfer without penalty. Players will, be a, will have to let their teams know they're transferring by May 1st to be immediately eligible. That gets extended to July 1st if their head coach leaves. They can't compete at two different schools in the same season. I know some people thought that maybe that would happen. That is not allowed. And an interesting part, they are keeping the initial counter rule limit for a season at 25 players. So we thought that may get adjusted. It's not at this point but also the NCA has, you know, started coming out with what the name image and likeness plan is. And they, they've got it in place and players are going to be able to make money as long as it doesn't conflict with the NCA. So no sports gambling, illegal substances, stuff like that. And it also can't conflict with the university's official sponsors is kind of the way that I understood that. Now, I'm not sure if that means like if the school's a Coke school, like can you not endorse Pepsi? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see how that plays out when this stuff gets passed. But these were two things that would be like the biggest story in college sports, and they just quietly kind of rolled out, and no one's really talking about it.
1: Huh? I think it's fascinating. My question to you is – What player are we going to pay to uh, promote our podcast?
0: So I I not only thought about that already, I I thought about, you know, what about a partnership, right? A a player comes on for 10 minutes or something, talks about the game, someone sponsors it, you know, maybe we do it with like the touchdown club or something. It's just an idea. Yeah. It's just an idea, you know, they scratch our back we're scratch. we're scratching theirs. It's a it's a symbiotic relationship.
1: That's right. Look it's at you already light years ahead. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That but, is cool uh, though.
0: And those kids, they can't hire agents to help them with the uh name image and likeness stuff, the negotiations, contracts, all that stuff. So, that's big time news for college football players and it, it was only a matter of time and The time is here that it it is here. Uh, All right. My loser of the week. I thought about going with Josh Norman because my God, Derek Henry stiff armed him into oblivion and Tuesday night, NFL football. That was awesome. I was all about it. That was great, but that happens sometimes. So I'm going to, I'm going to give Josh Norman a break. So my loser of the week, degenerate gamblers. Let me explain. okay. Teddy, who watches, in your opinion, who watches the Pro Bowl, like the actual game? I, I, I think there's two categories of people that watch the Pro Bowl.
1: Massive dorks and degenerate gamblers.
0: I was going with friends and family of the players <laughs> and degenerate gamblers. I well, guess massive
1: dorks is a third category. I didn't factor in friends and family. Dang it.
0: It's so friends and family. Massive dorks, degenerate gamblers, only people that watch the Pro Bowl. There's no doubt. So the Pro Bowl has been canceled. Uh, First time that the Pro Bowl or something like it won't be played since 1949. Now there's still going to be Pro Bowl voting, and the teams will be named, but it's going to be, quote, a variety of engaging activities to replace the Pro Bowl game this season. That those activities, I guess, are going to be virtual. Which uh, I don't know what kind of virtual activity. Like, are these guys going to play family feud against each other? Like, I don't understand like how that's going to work. But this has to break the hearts of degenerate gamblers because there are people that actually vote. Like they 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 vote the Pro Bowl, trying to influence eventually the game. So that they can bet on it, I know guys that do this, and those guys. And I know a couple guys that do it that way. And those guys have a problem. So uh, I I feel bad for the degenerates that can't gamble on whether the AFC is going to cover the spread or not in the Pro Bowl. But I think it's best for everyone that this game is not happening. But that being said, the degenerates are probably going to bet on the virtual activities that these guys are going (laughs) to compete in.
1: I'll take the NFC and Family Feud. That's hilarious. Now, not all degenerate gamblers are upset because I'm sure some of them uh, probably had, you know, 10 to 1 on the game being canceled or something like that. You oh, know what I'm saying? that's a great point. <laughs> there was probably some action on whether or not it Cash would be it. played.
0: Cash <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, that's a really good thing.
2: I didn't even I want think to know what
1: happened in 1949 that made them cancel the Pro
0: Bowl uh world war in 49 i don't know that's just what my initial my
1: initial response well i guess maybe the korean war started in 1950 right so the nine, the, the pro bowl was from the 49 season was played in 50 i guess that could possibly the, be what
0: it. world war ii ended in like 45 right that right yep so
1: yeah i don't know i have no mm. clue smart decision uh, people have been clamoring for them to cancel it for every year since pretty much <laughs>
0: <laughs> ever since sean taylor destroyed that guy it's been downhill the punter since wasn't it a punter oh yeah it was awesome <laughs> oh one of the best i love when they run that clip
1: and the punter uh, was mad about it it's like hey, dude you're playing in a football game buddy i don't know what to tell you what the hell, bro? <laughs>
0: All right, Teddy, let's wet the beak. And wet the beak is brought to you by Tim Hughes Custom Homes. Are you looking to build your dream home? If so, Tim Hughes is the man you're looking for. Tim Hughes Custom Homes is a one-stop shop for all your home building needs. He can find you a lot. He can find you an architect. He'll find you financing. And, of course, he can build your dream home exactly the way you want it. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, Tim found my wife and me a lot. He found us an architect and built our new house Tim and his team were so easy to work with. He's still helping us with when we have questions with things around the house. He's also built several office buildings. So if your business is looking to build a custom office, Tim Hughes is your man. You can see Tim's custom builds throughout Gallardia, Nichols Hills, Oak Tree, Stone Mill, and Rose Creek. It is a great time to build a house for your dreams. For more information and to see Tim's spectacular work, visit his Instagram page at Tim Hughes Custom Homes or visit TimHughesCustomHomes.com. Okay, so there's no Thursday night football this week. So I was looking at the NFL slate for a game to wet the beak with, and I thought the Browns going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers was the most intriguing game. You got a 4-1 Browns team playing really good football. You got a 4-0 Steelers team playing really good football. Clearly a big divisional game there in the AFC North. Now Baker a little banged up. He's missed some practice this week, but no doubt in my mind, he'll be ready to go on Sunday with the ribs. And and we're starting to see, what, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., they're they're looking like those dynamic playmakers that they are. Uh, The running game still looks good, even without Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I'm not sure if he's 100%, but he looks good. Mm -hmm. Also, now Pittsburgh is a really good player football team. You start with that defense, that pass rush with T J Watt and maybe Le'Veon Bell will be a stealer by the hey. time this by the time this thing kicks off. Who knows? But the How running about game that? We offered you a long term
1: deal with Big money, you turned it down, went somewhere else, got cut, end up not making any money, and you come crawling back and we'll hire you for the league
0: minimum. Congratulations. And, and That's showed, how the NFL works. He He's still going to get like $6 million from the Jets this year. <laughs> so, know. yeah, sign with the wow. Steelers for whatever. So, uh, But the running game for the Steelers, I mean, James Conner, that running game, it's been mm-hmm. good. It's been efficient. Uh, big Ben, looking good. So, uh, the Claypool kid. Incredible performance! Wow, yeah. last week uh, playing himself into the rookie of the year talks. I saw him his odds on rookie of the year. He's like it. He's like got the third best odds now on the board. So, but the best part about this entire game, first time the Browns and Steelers will be playing with Miles Garrett on the field again since the Mason Rudolph attempted murder <laughs> and. <laughs> It. This is good. The Steelers are a three and a half point favorite. This is going to be awesome. I cannot wait for this football game. That all being said, give me the Steelers. I I just think they're a really they're a really good football team right now. I don't. It's hard to go on the road if you're the Browns and go go win that football game. In my opinion, yeah. Uh, I'll Kinda take the Steelers. Yeah. I'll
1: take the Steelers here, and I'm with you on the uh, Miles Garrett deal. I always feel like the, hap- the happy Gilmore quote always comes to mind. I'm the only guy to take my skate off and try and stab somebody. You know, it's like Miles Garrett. <laughs> I'm the only guy in NFL history to take a guy's helmet off and try and kill him with it. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great game, but let's be honest about this. Last year, the Browns had a hard time beating Rudolph. Um, they didn't beat a guy – Hodges, who at the time that that game was played, I had never even heard of the kid. No idea who he was, no idea where he came from, and uh, he beat the Browns last year. So the Steelers are 4-0 for the first time since 1979. They won a Super Bowl that year, and the other time they did it was 1975, I believe, and they won a Super Bowl that year. So uh, I think the Steelers are really good total football team Roethlisberger's playing better the defense is good on all three levels give me the Steelers
0: one question about that game you think that's going to be a high scoring affair or a low scoring one because I, I was thinking about it earlier and I was like okay well if both teams want to run the football maybe it turns into kind of a low scoring thing and then I, I just I, I have no idea because I could see it being like a you know 14-10 game but i could also see it being like a 31-30 game or yeah. i i just don't know I, I and i think a shootout favors the steelers a little bit because we we know the browns they they want to build that run game play action off of it now of course they want to get big explosives that's what stefanski wants that's how that offense is built but i i just don't know what kind of game we're going to get i know it's going to be physical as hell because that's how these two teams mm-hmm. are when they play each other but I, I don't really have a read on how it's going to go from a, from a scoring standpoint.
1: It's going to be 27-14. to 14. Um, The Browns are going to get a late touchdown on a on a big play to Landry, try and go for two to make it 27-21, and uh, try and not go for two, try and get the onside kick and uh, to have a couple shots
0: at the end zone and don't get it. Ted Stradamus. You heard it here first. Win. Six-point win for the Steelers. You heard it here first. All right, Ted, let's finish up with everyone's favorite segment. That is keeping it local, where we highlight what's going on in the great state of Oklahoma. And it's brought to you by Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. The schools have reopened in the fall. Parents want to provide the best possible educational experience and spiritual development for their children. There's no better place for that than Bishop McGinnis Catholic high school. A one-to-one iPad setting makes McGinnis students fully prepared to continue high-level learning from home. If necessary, a 12 to one student to teacher ratio guarantees no student is overlooked. In addition to athletic programs and clubs, Bishop McGinnis college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. Financial aid is available for more information. Visit bmchs.org. Okay. Some news. Now it, It's in the distant future, but it is still exciting for college basketball fans here in the state of Oklahoma. And I thought it was interesting because college basketball practice got started today. Yeah. Excited to see what happens. T. Rowe
1: told me they're going to be good. I said they're going to be real good. I think
0: the Big 12 is going to be legit. I think Kansas is going to be good. We'll see what happens if sanctions. Remember that whole Kansas thing, the whole investment. Amazing. That's
1: uh, you want to go down a conspiracy theory, rabbit hole. I think bill self created this whole thing to dodge (laughs) the, uh, the NCAA violations that were coming down on his head.
0: I, I will say this, the Spanish flu, what 1918 started in Kansas. There you go. Just saying, just saying, look it up people. It's true. Look at up.
1: That cannot be a coincidence. Yeah, it just can't be.
0: <laughs> it just can't. I think Kansas is going to be good. I think Tech, they've got all these transfers. They're going to be good. Uh, a lot of people think Baylor may be the best team in the country, uh, Scott Drew's group. So I, I think the Big 12 is going to be fun to watch. you got Cade Cunningham there at Oklahoma State. You could watch him on a live stream today. I mean, Oklahoma State live streamed their first practice, which – nice. Mike Boynton continues to do awesome things, but so that's exciting. But we also got some exciting news for college basketball fans here in the state because the NCAA announced the Chesapeake Energy Arena will host first- and second-round NCAA tournament games in 2026, which I understand. It, It feels like we're doing some college football scheduling right now. That's still exciting. That's still something to look forward to here in the state and in the city and it's just fun because i read in the oklahoman that it said it'll have a well i always look at the economic impact of having events like this and they said like 8.2 million dollars i was like that's a lot of money that's good yep. for the state all right let's roll that, that that's awesome news no
1: i think it's fantastic and i think it's 2026 is perfect because according to an article I read by Dennis Dodd today in CBS Sports, that's about the time that we're going to be able to start allowing people back into uh, <laughs> basketball games and football games because of the coronavirus. Uh, that's, that's been Dennis Dodd's point. Now, I've got a prediction for you, Gabe. Would you Ooh. like to
0: hear it? Of course I would like to hear it. But before I hear it, just want to let you know that uh, Coastal Carolina just kicked a game-winning field goal against Louisiana Wow. Not great for the Big 12. Uh, well, there's four seconds left, so I guess. But I mean, uh, the Raging the Cajuns team fall too, to the mean, Um
1: Here's my prediction. That $8.2 million number is low, and here's why. By 2026 in Oklahoma City, you will have a sports book. Ooh. How about that? I've always been told the best time to go to Vegas is during March Madness and watch everything in a sports book and they have all these crazy parties going on. That's going to be happening. In OKC. What do you think about that prediction, Gabe?
0: First of all, love it. Second of all, we got to figure, figure out a way to get in on that action. Let's go. No doubt. No doubt. I love where your head's at. But, yeah, exciting news. That'll be And there'll be a sports book. Maybe we'll build one. I don't know. We'll own it. We got time. We got time. All right, Ted, episode 51 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. And you can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.